0: Hello, and welcome to the Housing Innovation Alliance podcast. This series highlights our PitchFest finalists. At the 2023 Housing Innovation Summit, we introduced a new program coined PitchFest in order to bring new ideas to light, offer feedback that startups can use to enhance their solutions, and introduce these innovators to potential advisors, partners, investors, and clients. A dozen companies made it to the final round, and four came out on top. In this episode, you'll hear Samir Sood from forward slash give their pitch. They were the winners in the ESG category. To get in touch with them, visit their website and find ways to connect in the description.
1: Good morning. We are forward slash, we are increasing the affordable housing supply through health. Here's our team. So we have Josh, he's a public health expert, been one for the last 15 years or so. Jeremy, he's been in affordable housing for 20 years. And myself, I'm a physician in primary care and family medicine and health innovation for the last 10. So in our 45 years of working on problems like this, things have actually just gotten worse. So you might be wondering why a doctor is at a housing innovation conference. So I'll start with a story. Back when I was in residency, I'd work in the ER a lot of nights and a patient of mine Let's call him Steve. Would come in quite often. He would cite something like chest pain. He'd get admitted to the ER at a cost of five hundred dollars to his Medicaid insurance company. And as he gets brought back, as he get brought back, he waves hi to the nurses that he knows by first name. And I get to see him. I run the tests: chest X-ray, EKG, blood work, all negative, thankfully. But another five hundred dollars charge to his health insurance company. And then when I go back to tell him the results and ask him if there's anything else he needs, he requests a sandwich. And uh, I'm going to close the lights on the way out because he just needs a place to stay. He's unhoused and he wants a sense of community. Steve had uh, getting charged with $1,000 to stay in the most expensive hotel room we have in America, our hospital bed. The next morning when I'm discharging my patients and going through the charts, I hit the only button I can as a physician for someone like Steve and that's to discharge him to the street, an actual button in the the health record there. And this happens over and over again to a tune of $20,000 per patient per year who experiences housing insecurity and homelessness to a total cost to our healthcare system of $74 billion annually across 3.7 million experiencing housing insecurity in America. So in my exploration of what to do about this, since I felt pretty useless as a doctor, came across Housing First. This is a methodology where someone gets access to a housing unit, but not just that, supportive services to help them get stabilized. Things like behavioral health access, food support, transportation, substance use disorder treatment, and more. This has been shown to lead to 40% cost savings or $30 billion in annual cost savings from reductions in hospital use, inpatient stage, jail time, police encounters, overdoses, and more. So if this is the secret, why isn't it everywhere? Well, there's not enough housing units to start with. There's a shortage of 7.3 million affordable housing units in this country. Landlords don't really trust this population up to 91%. Some communities reject housing vouchers. And homelessness organizations that run supportive service programming are under Underfunded. Looking at our friends here in West Virginia, the West Virginia Coalition to End Homelessness. This is Zach. He's been running this organization for the last 15 years or so, running HUD programs for 44, 55 counties in West Virginia, serving up to 600 people in 2022. However, he's limited with what he can do because there are few landlords willing to give up their housing units for this population. He also struggles to run programs and hire enough staff and retain talent by technology because there's no sources of revenue for him. He's reliant on grants and foundations and donations. This is where we come in. We enable organizations like Zacks. We handle the housing piece by acquiring, developing, or master leasing housing units from local landlords and paying for rent using their HUD vouchers. We also work with the Medicaid organizations that cover the high costs from Steve, our patient, and subcontract those dollars out to these local organizations for their supportive services. In West Virginia, where we're starting out, this is our first contract here, we are attempting to house 140 members over the next five years in contract with the healthcare plan called Unicare. They are identifying members who have high hospital. Visits and our housing insecure homeless and referring them to us. When they get referred to us, we immediately place them in one of our housing units on a master lease negotiated from local landlords, backed by HUD vouchers. We then refer them to our community partners who runs the supportive services. We help with evaluation, and after about six to eighteen months, these individuals graduate this program with stability, dignity, and over five years, and all 140 members, 2.2 million dollars of healthcare cost savings. We're scaling this across the country in many communities. We have a robust network of community organizations, landlords, and Medicaid organizations who cover these patients, and we're building a platform that helps landlords and community organizations contract into the healthcare value chain. Here's our opportunity. So we're starting in West Virginia. There's $2.2 million of cost savings on the table, 140 members. We're renting, master leasing, or acquiring up to 125 units. We're scaling through Elevance Health, our health insurance partner here. They're a strategic investor of ours. They have 25 managed Medicaid markets, 60,000 individuals with housing insecurity across all of their 47 million members, and we're then scaling further with all the other insurance companies to cover the 3.7 million housing insecure folks in this country for a total cost of care savings of $30 billion in health care. We're also combining this to increase the housing supply along with the $33 billion HUD budget. To reiterate here, we're taking and creating a new source of capital for affordable housing from health insurance cost savings dollars. $30 billion there, $33 billion from the HUD subsidies for a total of $60 billion of braided housing and health dollars to take these tent communities we see in all of our major cities, turning them into dignified housing. So this is our pitch. We're just one company, but all of us here are in the housing space of senior presentations. We're builders, we're developers, we're investors. So this is a call to action for all of us. Not only save the system billions, but increase community capacity, create stable housing access, and discharge folks like Steve to health instead of the street. Thank you.
0: Nice. Again, 30 seconds of time remaining. Impressive.
1: Great presentation. How do you guys generate revenue? Yeah, great question. So that cost of care savings that health insurance companies receive, so they receive 40% cost of care savings, we're taking a cut of that, sort of a pay for success model. In healthcare, if you're familiar, it's sort of value-based care and and shared savings model. So that's our core way of making money. Some of the other things we're experimenting with is building the fund, the tech stack to help build and develop some of these housing developments. So that's another method as well. Along those lines, we'd be operating as a for-profit or nonprofit. We are a public benefit corporation for profit.
2: On that same note, could you talk a little bit more about the unit economics of what you're doing? So for example, I come from California and the Bay Area. can cost up to a million dollars to build a unit of supportive housing there. Probably it's more than $20,000 if I had to guess per person in that cycle, right? Just because it's a high cost market. What are the unit economics in West Virginia where you're starting? Is is that where the $20,000 number comes from? And what does it cost to build a unit of supportive housing in your model in West Virginia?
1: Yeah, so the 20,000 is just an average. You're absolutely right, this ranges from zero for someone who doesn't actually receive health care because they're on the street and, and don't actually access hospitals, to $50,000, to 100000 So we analyzed data from Elevance Health, the local insurance company kind of landed on that $20,000 mark. West Virginia is more of a rural environment. California is much better program but much more high costs there. We're actually working also in Sacramento on a development project there. But if you think about the unit economics here, it depends on housing costs, which are backed by housing vouchers. So housing vouchers adjust for per fair market rent. In a, so California, it's much higher for a single bedroom voucher than West Virginia. So we that to kind of cancel out the high cost there. And then the supportive services component range as well. So it's on a per member per month basis in West Virginia, about $500 per member per month for that local organization who we're empowering to run those services in California, maybe seven to 800 per member per month. It scales per state. From, a, from the housing cost For piece. metropolitan area. Yeah, for metropolitan area. Yeah, so it's very, it's it's city-specific, it's zip code-specific. HUD is very, Housing Urban Development is very specific with their housing voucher numbers. We got paid up front for the West Virginia model, $300,000 for us and the local organization to run housing services for, in the first year, 25 individuals, but then over five years we're proposing a for 140 members a $1. $1.6 million model to save the health insurance company $2.2 million. We take one point six and we pass through about eight hundred dollars of that to the local organization and the rest is what we take.
0: How do you look at going into new markets? What's your approach to get into different areas? How do you prioritize them? And how do you connect with people to start making things happen?
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned, Elevance Health has 25 Medicaid organizations across the country. That's 25 different states. Those states have different priorities, different numbers of housing insecure members. Every health insurance company feels this pain point. They're all investing in in housing at this point. United Health Group, 800 million. Kaiser, 400 million, etc. And so we're scaling through our health insurance companies. They're kind of telling us where they need housing programs. More states, really interestingly, are asking for health insurance companies to be doing something about this because they're also realizing housing is health and there's, these costs are getting astronomical. Places like California, so we have a couple partners there and we're building in Sacramento. California intimately recognizes this and, in fact, created a separate fund of Medicaid dollars specifically for non-clinical supports it's called CalAIM. So that's less barriers to get into that market. Do
0: you have any involvement from municipalities like San Francisco? as a huge homeless problem?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've been talking to mayor offices in Berkeley, Indianapolis, supposed to in LA, potentially will be in Sacramento. Mayor's offices are also very interested, of course, and local municipalities in solving this problem. The mayor's office of Indianapolis literally wanted to contract with us to solve homelessness in Indianapolis with 150 housing units, really making it a tangible, feasible goal, which was super exciting for us.
2: I'm curious about landlord reception, and because one of the things we think about, right, is you can get people into existing units, but they're definitely not enough units that exist across the country. And so how have those conversations been? What is the pushback? You know, master leases are great, obviously a very stable source of revenue, but how scalable, how feasible is that as you expand? To give you a sense of how interested landlords have been, we actually have landlords in West Virginia giving us direct access to their property management software. They're that interested. They want to like literally work with us to even shortcut their own processes to say, we want you to look directly at our portfolio
1: and actually figure out which units make sense for the population. So we're just de-risking the process for them. For to house people, to acquire, to develop even some of them?
2: I'll just say that and I think this is particularly relevant to this audience. We found that the landlords slash owner investors actually are interested because it de-risks the population uh, accepting the tenants. To the extent that even, again, in West Virginia they're starting to work with us to try to collaborate on expanding their pipeline of acquisitions and development alongside us. Right. So really, for this audience, if you're at all interested in like the single family home to rent market, or you've got a large portfolio, we actually Think this is a new source of capital to start to like address this attainability question with a direct approach to finding capital that's going to sort of not involve tax credits, which are you know, low income housing tax credits or the other federal programs or subsidies, which are complicated and confusing, as and quite frankly, scary to folks. This is a way of actually uh, tapping into a new source of resource that's not dependent on those but actually does directly achieve sort of the attainability goals.
0: Any other questions? I'm sure Joshua would be happy to talk to you (laughs) offline if he would like. I don't have any other questions. You guys did such a good job. I could tell tell more
1: stories, too. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Thank you guys very much. Thank you you all. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Housing Innovation Alliance podcast. We invite you to learn more about PitchFest and let us know if you're interested in participating in the next cohort at housinginnovationsummit.com.